Spartans! What is your profession? Welcome to Wolverine Nation. I say what I mean, I mean what I say, and I say what needs to be said. Global leader in military combatives. 45 martial arts world titles. Renowned actor, writer, and a malicious warrior with brutally honest opinions. This may step on some people's toes. If it does, then you're a special kind of stupid. (laughs) This is America's Sheepdog. Kicking it with the Wolverine. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are uh, with the Legend Show. This is Wolverine. And uh, listen, uh, everybody on the show, this is live radio, so everything's being recorded. So make sure you keep your phones on mute so we can hear each other and don't talk until you've been past the uh, proverbial talking stick. And Miss Slatcher sent me a. talking stick made out of cement or something that I, she told me I should start using sometimes on people if they don't get it. I think that's the way it was, and we can whack them with that to get their attention real that's good. That's great. Um, uh, so we, we're gonna, we may start using that instead. It's heavy, but it, I think it's going to get the point across. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce your host of the show, uh, the curator of the Sport Karate History Museum, Professor Gary Lee. Aloha, everybody. Tonight's the night of keys. That's right. The voices are going to be speaking about EI, the art of screaming. (laughs) But we also have a special guest. And this is the youngest Fort Karate History Journal that we have at the museum. He performed a couple years ago for my dear friend, John the Timidad's roast, and he got a standing ovation. He's an amazing young man. Been training since he was four years old, and he'll be at the Legends this year in October, and you'll get to see him perform in Cotter Ward, where you have to have 100 first places just to be invited. So he'll be there. I'm talking about Dylan Vargas. Dylan, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. Aloha, young man. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? Well, I got to talk to your dad earlier, didn't I? I got to, I never got to talk to Mr. Vargas before. Nice, nice man. I enjoyed him. I enjoyed talking to him. But listen, I want to talk to you for a moment. You've been training since you were like four years old with a Dear friend of the museum, in fact, the history journal of the museum, trained with Joe Lewis, we're talking about the great Bernie Fleeman. How long have you been, you've been trained with Bernie since you were four years old, haven't you? Yes, sir. It's been it's been about 15 years that I've been training with, with uh, Sensei Fleeman. Oof. Now, what's it like training with such a well-known martial artist? an ex-police officer, of course, and someone that trained with the great Joe Lewis. What's it like being underneath someone great like that, Dylan? It's 
the hugest honor one can have, I mean, you know, from the heart. Having to have met such a wonderful person as Sensei Fleeman and, and his wife that, we, you know, we consider our family. Uh, the amount of time that we've spent uh, that I've actually trained with him. You know, we live in two different states, him in Nevada and me in New Mexico. And, you know, we would, you know, throughout the pandemic, it was tough to where we couldn't communicate as much. But, you know, through Zoom training, you know, videos back and forth, and, you know, the, the relationship that uh, him and I have gained throughout the years has just been just so amazing. We've just been so blessed to have crossed each other in our paths that way. And, you know, God has blessed us in that way. I'm so proud that I got to know him really well, <laughs> you know, before John froze. And, of course, you know, we lost John a few years ago, but we got to honor him before he passed. And you got to perform. And my son, and you both got standing ovations. I'll never forget that. And, you know, Dylan, when you represent Karate Do in a public forum, you do what you do. You do what you do. You do what you did. You made people be silent for those three minutes you performed. They couldn't take their eyes off your performance because you're real karate do. Now, with that said, what rank are you now, Dylan? Fourth, fourth degree black belt, sir. Well, let me make it public. I would like and be honored if you sit on the black belt board that we're promoting Mr. Mike Stone, America's first superstar, to his 10th degree black belt. So would you honor me as on the board Friday at 3? It would be an honor, sir. Thank you so much. Yes, sir, absolutely. And you're performing Cops of Wars. Now, Cops of Wars was invented by two men, Judge Roy Kerbin and Tadashi Yamashita. And they have a format that they hit me with about six years ago. And at first, I didn't really know it would work, but now it's on its seventh year and it's gotten bigger and better every year. The gimmick is you have to have a hundred first places just to be invited unless you want a five star rated event from the museum. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But you know, Dylan, you representing your karate and being a cop to wars, how do you feel about that? It's the the experience of competitions throughout my life. I think this will be the most prestigious. Uh, just being wow. in the the presence of so many great legends, martial artists. You know, just to be there, uh, to meet everyone, to talk with them. Uh, that'll be the honor in itself. And then, of course, being able to compete as well too, with among many others, would just be fantastic. Well, <clears throat> you know. I made, well, not I, but Mr. Kerbin Sadashi wanted to build Contra Wars to be an elite black belt competition because there's so much tournaments and so many different styles and ways of doing kata, would be traditional, musical, choreographed, or whatever. Well, we made it so that the other thing that makes the difference is age. So we have 18 and under. 18 to 45, 
45 to 60. And then 60 and over, last year we had four 80-year-old gentlemen do cop wars. To me, that was that was so cool to see people in that age level come out and perform in the public. But, you know, and I'm going to say it, Dylan, I get to show you off because I'm so proud of you, man. I mean, you are an example of pure karate do in a young age. And uh, so I'm I'm really proud to show you off and have you be a part of Kata Wars. Now, let me ask you a question, Don. You're in New Mexico, correct? What city are you in Mexico at? In Gallup, Gallup, New Mexico. Where's that near? What big city is it near? It's it's close, right on the edge of New Mexico, on the west end, the west side, I should say, of the state, and it's close to the reservation, the Navajo reservation. Is that where your parents are from, from that city? Is that idea that there, idea that there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My parents grew up here, and I I grew up here. Yes, sir. Cool. Now, also, I want to touch base on your musical prowess. You and your mom and your dad. You guys have got a band also, don't you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, we do. How cool is that? Now, what type of music do you play? Do you play rock, country, contemporary? What kind we, of music we do you play? play? Yes, sir. No, we, we play everything in between. So classic rock to the oldies to country to heavy metal to the slow ballads, everything you can think of in between. Wow. You know, I'm, I'm really going to, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I'm really going to really try to get Mr. Vargas and his lovely wife and Dylan to be the entertainment for the legends Saturday night after the dinner and everything. But we'll see. We'll talk about it. But, you know, I just think that's so cool that you're a black belt, that you're a champion, and that you play music, and you do it with your parents. How cool is that? How long have you guys been together? Oh, man. Uh, I've been, well, my, I grew up around music my entire life. My mom and dad have, you know, just been constantly working with me since a very young age. And I, when I started playing with them, I think I was nine years old when I started actually playing with them in their band. Now, what do you play? What instrument do you play, Dylan? I started on bass, bass guitar. But I, uh, I've done a lot of solo work, and I've I play guitar, keyboards, drums, vocals. Um, in school, I played um, alto and tenor saxophone, as well too. Wow, that's so cool. Well, let me ask you a question. You, I mean, have, have you competed recently? Are you? Was have you been competing after COVID and everything? Have you competed at all? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I have actually. Uh, the last tournament we went to, we flew to Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, for the USAMA um, Grand Nationals, hosted by uh, Kilshi Suhawks, and uh, that that was that tournament out there. Is that Jim Hawks' daughter or wife? That that's his wife. Oh, cool, cool. Because I was very close to Mister or David George, who worked with Mister Hawks when they formed the, you know the off branch of the USKA Alliance. And uh but yeah that's 
that's good people. How do how do you do? Yes, sir. I competed uh, with uh, Kuzari Kama, my rope Kama routine, and I uh, I made it to the finals, and I competed in finals, and I took grand champion that evening. Well, you know what? I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to have you be in the show also Saturday night when we do it for the ladies, and I want you to do a special kata for the ladies who are present, and I'm, that's why I'm going to announce it. That you that you prepared a special kata for the ladies in the audience present. Would you do that for me, Dylan? That would be an honor, sir. Absolutely, yes, sir. Well, I'm gonna count on it. I'm gonna get to advertise it, share with people, and because I really, I really do want to share your knowledge of traditional attitude behind your kata, and. Uh, in front of in front of Mike Stone, my original hero, will be coming in from the Philippines. He'll be there, so I get to I get to brag a little bit about Garrett, a little bit brag about you, and I'm so excited about to do this. So don't don't go anywhere, okay? We got we got a thing called the Legends Name Game, where I'm gonna bring you back at, toward the end of the show, and I'm gonna give you a couple names, and you get to talk about them. And if you just heard about him, or heard him, you get to talk about him for about two minutes. That's how we close out the show. So don't go anywhere, okay, Dylan? Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank right, you for your right. time. Okay. With that said, I'm going to get the talking stick back over to our host, the Wolverine. I'm so proud to be part of the Wolverine Nation, man. I'm so excited. Anyway, here's the talking stick to the Wolverine. He goes, sir. Well, thank you, Professor. That was a good start to the interview. Uh, at this time, we'll go ahead and start with the voices. So, Professor, talking stick back to you, and let's bring on the first voice. Well, thank you, Wolverine. You know, a few years ago, I had a vision where I could put together people from across the nation to be able to share their wisdom and their opinions on various topics. And, you know, sometimes people don't want to talk about topics. Sometimes they need to talk about topics. Or sometimes you just have to educate. And that's what I've done with these five incredible people. And it's from all across the country. And we're going to be talking about a topic tonight, which Kalate term is called ki, but the American public they just call it screaming or raising your voice or whatever. But we're going to explain it to you tonight through the voices. And with that said, the first voice that I'm going to introduce to you is the lady of the of the group, and this lady is pretty amazing. She is a Karate Shoru stylist. She's a Kung Fu practitioner also. And she also is an amazing, amazing instructor. She'll be doing a seminar at the Legends this year in Houston, Texas, October 6th. And she'll also have a booth to share her knowledge of what she's doing now. With that said, 
from North Carolina. He's originally from New Jersey, but I will hold that against her. I love her anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but she lives in North Carolina now. My dear friend, Auntie Karen Schlatter. Auntie, you there? Yes, Uncle Gary, I am here. Well, let's explain <clears throat> to our listeners. If you say auntie or uncle in Hawaii, that simply means your ohana, your family. So, right. auntie, tonight we have a very interesting subject. As you know, it's very close to my heart, and that's the art of ki. And, you know, it's really an interesting subject. And uh, how do you feel about it? Uh, okay, I go back to where uh, we use ki for lifting because I started in judo. So you would, the sound or the uh, chi expression when you lifted something heavy, that oof feeling, you know, oof, that was putting your molars together and vibrating them to send it up for empowerment. That's judo. And uh, it also is with sword work or any kind of, actually, it's any kind of fighting work in uh, shore and roof. And I can remember going up, um, shore and roof forums had three kiais, and you had were told where to put them. Do you remember that, Uncle Gary? Oh, I remember, Auntie. Uh, I remember in Hawaii, a medicine ball, as a child, I think I was like nine or ten, thrown and hit me in the stomach. Oh, I think yes. ki, it would have knocked the wind out of me. And I remember Bobby and Cheryl would just laugh because it knocked the wind out of me a lot. Oh, sure. And, I'm talking about what? in the katas. Uh, uh, in in katas, you were told where to where to ki back in the 60s. Yes. And, and they were yes. usually at uh, times of one of the harder strikes. So I go that far back with, with ki. And I watched it go from that oof sound to the screaming that they do now in, in yes. the tournaments. And some well, of them, like, I'm different. sure you there's knew a, how to do it. Honey, Miss, Miss Auntie, there's the screaming, and then there's yeah. the ki where there's the power behind That's the where screaming. I was going. Right. Yeah, right. And, you know, the and, screaming is really a kind of uncalled for, but it's just for show. I know what the mm-hmm. done for. But Miss Slasher, you may want to use your cement talking stick right now so you can whack Professor and let him know you have the stick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, Dean. That's funny. Yes. Uh, what I was well, just wanted to get at was when I uh, started to train in the Chinese arts, we weren't allowed to scream like that. We yeah. we were taught that we had to say the word wah, W-A-H, because he, they felt that screaming closed your throat off, and so it shut your chi off. So when you said it, when you punched or when you would come in, you'd go wah real, real hard, but you didn't say, you didn't go uh, yeah, and close it off. Right. So that, well, was, that, that to me was well, fascinating. In the, in the, in the uh, Chinese art, the phallic key. You know, that, those are the most dangerous people that you can't really hear. <laughs> you know, yeah, you yep, know. a lot of training, yep. So it's yep, been fun, uh, it's been enjoyable to watch it uh, develop, and there is the show ki, and then there's the working 
business key eye. And yep. it's been uh, used in both. Well, you know, you've got to, you've got to search both because you are a hardcore karate do, and now you train in kung fu. So you've got to express both levels: the loud belligerent ki, and then the silent ki, as we were talking about earlier. <clears throat> now, with that said, you're going to have a booth at the Legends this year, October. At the Super Vendors show, where we got over yes. fifty vendors. What exactly are you going to be offering at your booth, Karen? Oh, okay. Um, I was trained in reading the lines of the hands for martial purposes and for martial arts and Chinese medicine. And uh, so, what I'm going to be doing is talking to each person, I'll look at your hand and I'll tell you what I see. And I'll, I will see if you've kept up to what you came in to do. It's um, back up until 300 years ago, every university taught palmistry. They taught Vedic uh, palmistry so that you could know your strengths and your weaknesses. And if you were a military person to recruit people, you'd know who was leaders and who were followers and uh, who had the um let's say the white horse syndrome and who who were your warriors who were your uh doctors who were your musicians things who have natural things in their hands that point to where the energy flow in the hands it's not fortune telling please don't even go there this is a skill that they have uh was developed by the bodhidharma he brought it to china when he brought his other skills of yoga and herbology and all of that. So well, it's all wait. about judging your opponent. I can't wait to see you perform and do this. <laughs> so thank yeah. you for being on my voice. Well, thank you. We appreciate you so much, Karen. You well, stay I appreciate sweet. you. And we'll talk oh, to you okay. okay. Now, <laughs> moving right. along from North Carolina, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to bounce to Las Vegas. That's right. I'm going to bounce to Las Vegas with a man that's become a writer for the Sport Crime Museum. He just recently wrote a four-page layout in Masters Magazine about the event we did last year for Judge Roy Kerman. He is also an eight-degree black belt in Korean martial arts. He also studies Okinawa martial arts, but this this man is also an advisor of the Sport Crime Museum. A lot of wisdom, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about my dear friend. Well, we call him. I call him Uncle Jim, but it's James E. Moore. Uncle Jim. Yeah. Hi, Uncle Gary. I'm here. Thank you for that introduction. Ki, how do you express it, sir? Well, uh, ki or or in Korean is is ki up. Um, ki is internal energy. Uh, ki up means coordinate, gather, and concentrate. So, in in summary, to concentrate power. And uh, uh, the ki or the ki up forces us to uh, exhale, uh, removing air from our diaphragms, and that brings more power and speed to the attacks. Uh, and subsequently, it forces you to breathe, bring oxygen back into your body. 
uh, and that's a big part of what it's all about. It increases power, as Karen said, very much increases power. It can intimidate the opponent. Um, it can increase your confidence, and um, to a certain extent, it protects our bodies as the, the core muscles are, are tightened. And uh, interestingly, is one of the things I was taught uh, by the Koreans was that if you can gauge someone's breathing pattern, if you could tell when they're exhaling or inhaling, to try to attack when they're actually inhaling, because that's when they're they're most vulnerable. Good point. If you will. Good point. The, that's uh, a great point. I used to do it, Uncle Jim. When I used to yeah. fly, I would watch the person breathe and exactly do what you just said. I would hit them when I thought I could knock the wind out of them, or if their arrows excelled, where they wouldn't have time to breathe in fast enough to take my hit. So I understand what you said. That's a good point. Good. That was well articulated too. To try to hit them right before they're they're inhaling. It's at perfect timing if you can do that. Exactly. I want to bring in an analogy uh, to another. Uh, one of my primary physical activities in my life has been martial arts, but also tennis, because there's some real analogies to uh, to tennis. And tennis, there's a lot of grunting. In fact, uh, in recent years, it's gone from grunting to screaming in many cases. And I think it's diminishing a little bit now, but it's it's been highly controversial in tennis because uh, many people many people view it as a form of cheating and not only just to distract the opponent or be unpleasant, but it can it can uh, drown out the sound of the ball leaving the opponent's racket, so you have less of an opportunity to perceive what kind of shot's coming back at you. But interestingly, there's a, a couple of uh, uh, um, people in, in the UK, one is a sports psychologist at a university, is it says that grunting is part of the rhythm for tennis players. And I can see that can be, you know, somewhat analogous to martial arts. And uh, it helps, you know, grunting helps with the rhythm and, and uh, how they're hitting the ball and, the, and, and pacing things, which, again, is, is analogous to martial arts. There's another person, a physiologist in the U.K., that actually said that if you're looking at reflexes in the legs and you ask someone to clench their jaw, Believe it or not, the reflexes in the legs get brisker, and I thought that was really interesting. Um, <laughs> one 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 quick story that I thought, and I'll, I'll pass the uh, talking stick back. But one uh, uh, story that I thought was rather rather humorous was I was at a, a Chuck Norris event about 20 years ago for his Kickstart Foundation, and and uh, Vijay Armitage, who was uh, the great tennis player from India, who really started the whole tennis movement in India. He was there. And uh, after the dinner the night before, they were playing tennis uh, the next morning. And uh, Vijay was playing with a, a young a young kid uh, who, was, who was grunting a lot. The young kid was a really good tennis player, but he was young and he kept, he kept uh, being louder and louder and louder. So Vijay uh, started grunting every every time the kid would grunt. Vijay would grunt even louder and louder, and before you know it, the two of them were almost screaming on the, for every point. And the audience was in total hysterics. But but uh, but anyway, that was my my tie into. Uh, well, no, it's kind of, funny. It's funny you said about grunting because 1993, Wolverine might have been there. It was it was Super Grand in Hollywood. I caused a riot because of grunting. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you yeah. that later. But, 
But I did. It was the Shermote Raiders, and because my grunting, I I started a riot in Cotton that day. That was funny. But anyway, thank Uncle Jim. Thank you for that. And again, thank you for the wisdom. Thank you so much. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to move right along now and do my third voice before we take a break. And this is pretty cool. David Chambers, you get on the line yet? David Chambers? Okay. I'm going to go to this man. I'm going to bounce up to Oregon. This is the web designer of the Sport Karate Museum archives. Now, the work he's done has been immaculate and just breathtaking, to be honest with you. That's why you know why we had over 5,000 hits last month on this webpage, www.sportkarateemuseumarchives.com. When you go there, you'll see all the incredible work this gentleman, well, this man has done. It's hard for you to say gentleman, I'm sorry. <laughs> but he is a gentleman. He is Ohana. He is my brother. He is a professor. He is better known as Professor Tom Spellman. Tom, are you there, sir? Yes, sir, I am. Thank you. Well, I've been waiting all day on your explanation of P.I., the art of screaming. With that said, Professor Tom Spellman. I'm I'm going to start with uh, a little preface, okay? And it's please keep in mind we are discussing martial arts terminology with oriental bias that may entrap us in religious conflicts of consciousness at times with the terms used. Feel free to substitute other term identities that allow you to consider the dynamics at hand uh, working within the subject we are investigating. So having said that, what about Kiai? Well, it's composed of two characters. The first character is that of Ki, which basically is loosely translated as intrinsic or basic energy of the universe. Um, and uh, basically, you know, what is and what has always been uh, in that sense. Uh, Koichi Tohei, Ninth Dawn of Aikido Master and, and the creator of the Tea Society itself, wrote um, that Oriental cosmology holds that in some remote time before the universe began, nothing existed, not the sun, the moon, and the stars, or our own planet Earth. From this mass of formless energy gradually grew all things and beings that live on the Earth. In the practice of traditional martial arts, we recognize the forces and dynamics behind all things as key and study it to unify ourselves with its natural order. Morihei Yoshiba, who is the creator of the art of Aikido, said of the universal or the key that it has no beginning and no end. It can neither increase nor diminish. And through key, it might, though key might change its form, it remains basically unchanged as its original key form. Key is the elemental basis of the universe, he said. The other word, I, is a word, and for our purpose, it's got a lot of other meanings, but for our purpose, we'll talk about the meaning that it refers to harmony or to harmonize. So it's an action. Now keep in mind, I, key, do, means the do, the way of I, key, of harmony of key. 
Ki is the same characters that's in the first two, but reversed in order. So Ki comes first as core, and I is the dynamic. And in a way, it harmonizes the practitioner to his or her energy or force into a focused expression of one's intent. Most commonly in karate, this takes the form of a loud shout. Um, Grandmaster Hirokazu Kamazawa, Kanazawa, excuse me, Kanazawa, Senior JKA Shotokan uh, Grandmaster wrote in describing the term that ki is a loud vocalization time to coincide with a decisive uh, technique with spirit. It should be noted that ki is a descriptive term to describe the event, but not what is sounded when ki-ing. Uh, and we've all heard people yell ki when we're they're performing kata and been somewhat embarrassed by it. Most sources suggest this. <laughs> Most I can't I can't tell you how many times over the years I've heard that. Anyway, most sources suggest a single loud and focused vowel sound shouted uh, and is usually accompanied by an aspiration or an exhale or remaining of the breath between their lips, which is exactly what Karen was talking about. Uh, samples of it might be words like "it's" or uh, "ice" with that aspiration at the end to completely clear the air and force the structure. Uh, you're pushing up from the lower abdomen, tightening the diaphragm, unifying one's core to the challenging of the, the chi outwardly. It's important that the chi comes from the low uh, in your core, emanating from the tantien or the hara, as the Japanese refer to it, two inches uh, near the belly button area, and not from high in the chest or the throat. The other upper portion of the body and the vocal cords alone will divide the body from the hara and the upper thorax and weaken the full potential of the strike. These movements are found in many kata as a verbal concentration of power punctuating a powerful movement in the sequence of the kata. They're meant to be used sparingly and not, not after every other movement. That would be much like telling someone you love them by shouting the phrase one word at a time, I love you, and which is totally unnatural and, and, and not sound at all. Okay, so now for a little more Western perspective, Neuro Linguistic Programming, or NLP. This is a pseudo-scientific pseudo approach to communication, personal development, and psychotherapy. According to an article written by Aaron Candola, featured in the Medical News Today website, NLP is founded on the idea that people operate by internal maps of the world that they learn through sensory experiences. NLP uses perceptional, behavioral, and communication techniques to make it easier for people to change their thoughts and actions. A fundamental understanding is the concept that humans take in, store, and recall information in one of three ways, auditory through hearing, visual through seeing, or kinesthetic through experience, feeling, and so on, with one being the primary way and perhaps a secondary way as well working in tandem with the primary. In teaching and communication with others, if you, are, if you know which of these ways a person best learns and you tailor your teaching methods to that that works best for that subject, you can directly enhance their experience and success through the sharing that, you ha that they gain. Now, here's the thing. In a moment of confrontation, combat, if you can marshal your forces of response in your defense by a focused, committed visage, in other words, the face that you have on, the warrior face, and all the things that we talk about, 
So the expression and the body language, you combine it with a forceful physical action, a punch, a kick, or whatever it is, and add a loud, commanding verbal assault, or ki, you will be impacting your, your adversary in each of the three sensory fields and maximizing the result of your response, regardless of which of one of these three ways they are most vulnerable. So not only do we have the oriental approach and the things that we were all taught by tradition, but we also have a new science that came around around the 1970s that gives us another way of approaching it from a tactical and specific uh, strategic way to be able to understand unification in a very, very forceful way that is actually used in therapy for therapeutic and wellness for all humankind. So it's a great idea, and we're using it in a very unique way in this case. And well, with that, I talking stick. Well, thank you so much, and I appreciate it. A lot of knowledge there, um, Professor. We appreciate it so much. With that said, I'd like to give the walking, talking stick back over to our host, the Wolverine. Wolverine, here you go, buddy. Thank you, sir. That was awesome, Mr. Spellman. And we're getting some applause for all you voices, your first three voices that went on. Okay, at this time, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to do our uh, little commercial break, and we will bring Mr. Spellman back on to talk about the Sport Karate uh, Museum page so you can go there and how you can learn about upcoming events, and then we will let Professor Gary Lee uh, bring on some of the guests. Uh, uh, the, um, Mr. Kerry from the U.S. Martial Arts uh, Film Festival is also on, Professor. So you can okay. bring him on, and you guys can talk about that stuff. But at this time, we need to bring back on uh, Mr. Tom Spellman. Thank you, sir. Well, first of all, I want to tell everybody in our audience that uh, one of the things that's going to happen within the next uh, 48 hours or so is we're going to be putting the next group of pictures and information about new um, uh, additions to our webpage on the uh, Sport Karate Museum archives page for the uh, actual museum treasures. So new treasures are going to be coming up. They're going to have pictures. We're going to have all kinds of things with legends underneath them so you'll understand the significance of that, just like the ones we've already put up there. And we'll be putting those up in the next few days so you'll have it by the beginning of the week. You should have a full group of those available to watch and take a look at. So make sure you go back to the page because more stuff is there come Monday at the latest, and you'll be able to go ahead and really, really enjoy some of the new uh, renderings that we'll have. Now, as to the page and the things that we'll have today, we're going to be talking about later on in content, we'll be talking about things like uh, DU Chambers May 13th Houston International's 32nd Annual Tournament. And that in its full form will be uh, talked about in, in due time. And also there is a page under the upcoming events where there's information about the event and a button to go and register. So you can get it all right there without having to go hunting or trying to find a pen and pencil to write it down. We'll also be talking about the U.S. Action Martial Arts Film Festival for October 19th and 22nd, and that will also be under the upcoming events, and you may see it there and a button to take you to that particular place so you can si sign in and take advantage of uh, your tickets that way. We also have two pages, one page uh, that I want to bring up, which is what uh, 
Gary is going to be talking about Professor uh, Lee, the set VR page, the virtual reality page. He'll talk about that, and that information will be found on the set VR page itself. You may go there, you may view it, and you can punch a button and go directly to their page and experience uh, all kinds of things there as well as sign up. And uh, also, the, rec the uh, our recognized ranking bodies page is there that has the organizations that we recognize as being legitimate ranking bodies. So you can go there for whenever that's talked about as well. So with that, um, we'll hand it back to um, to you, uh, Wolverine, and uh, the stocking, talking stick is now in your possession. All right, that was some great information. I hope you ladies and gentlemen got that. And uh, be sure and check out that page because Mr. Spellman has really put a lot of time and effort into that, and it is really amazing. There is uh, no other platform like it. Uh, Professor, at this time, you can bring on any of the guests you want to talk about their upcoming events, or you can do the talking for them. Talking stick is yours, sir. Well, thank you, Wolverine. Before I bring on here, I want to talk about that VR.app. That means self-defense enhanced training in birth reality. Now, normally Dr. Reginald Lee is on. He's in a medical conference because he's a medical doctor, and he'll be on next week. But right now I'll introduce a young man who is now the Sport Card Museum liaison, <clears throat> which his help will be giving five-star ratings in open events and presenting the grand champion with a gold dragon watch. He'll be setting up booths and really spreading the word of the Sport Karate Museum. One of my dear, dear Blattles from back in the day, Mr. Breck Mills. Breck, are you there, buddy? Uh, yes, sir, I am, Professor. Good evening. Good evening. I wanted to ask you, how do you feel about being a liaison for the museum? What's it like? How do you feel about that? Uh, Professor Lee, it's a great honor. I've been with the with you in the museum since it was first being talked about it, and um, it's been part of my life for many, many years, and I'm honored to, um, to actually represent the museum around the world. Well, you have. You've been to Russia and all places in between representing the museum. And I believe I probably cut more cucumbers and bananas from your throat, stomach, and groin than anybody else. I don't know, probably a few others, but I know I did it a bunch on you. <laughs> but, that is you know, correct. I'm so glad that you're a part of what we're doing, and I want to officially welcome you, Rick Mills. So thank you for being on the show tonight, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. It's an honor. Now, that VR, virtual reality, is not new. It's been around a long time. But with the Oculus Quest 2, or the Rift platform of a headset, you can now experience going inside the computer program. And that is what that VR does. It gives you a hologram that you have to fight and defend yourself against. And when you do, the History Journal portals will open up. Now, we have a core group, ladies and gentlemen. We have four individuals, and then we'll be adding new History Generals periodically. Now, the core group is 
in not any particular order. Judge Roy Kerbin, the man who brought the two-point kick rule to the world. George Vinci, the first gentleman to give a gold ring in open competition. Chris Vinci, NBL world champion and the owner of Black Belt Magazine and Century Martial Arts, the largest manufacturer of martial art equipment in the world, Mr. Mike Gilbert. This is our core group, and their profile will be listed there so you can see who, what, when, where, and how they became history generals. So with that said, I want to bring on someone else, which I'm really proud that we're sponsoring this event. It's going to be in Scottsdale, Arizona, October the 19th through the 22nd. And the Sport Karate Museum is very honored to sponsor this event where if you buy a four-day pass and you put SKM in the special box and close, the producer here, Leo, will present $50 per pass to the Sport Card Museum. Now, this is going to be a celebration of Bruce Lee's 50th anniversary of Enter the Dragon. And they're going to be having over probably 50 movies and all kinds of special guests there. People like Ron Hall. Chi-Chi Lee, Billy Blanks, Ron Van Cliff, Rick Avery, Cynthia Rothrock, Don the Dragon Wilson, T.J. Storm, Eric Lee, to name just a few. But I've got here on the line with me the co-producer of the event. Kier, are you there? Good evening, sir. Yes, sir, I'm right here. Thank you for having us. Good evening, Kier. Yes, sir. I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Fantastic, now, fantastic. We appreciate you being here. Some of my friends are going to be there. Did I miss anybody? Who else is going to be no, there? No, you, you're you pretty much in line, and we're, we're very honored to, to be able to do this with the Sports Karate Museum support, and we really hope people are in because what we're doing, we, we hope, is in line with the philosophy and goal of the Sports Karate Museum to carry the art further, to carry the philosophy further, so we really, really want people to be involved, and we can give you all a very, very significant donation. Well, if anybody who's listening throughout the world who listens to our show, if they want to come to Scottsdale, Arizona, between October 19th and 22nd, how will they sign up here? Everybody, where they well, go. of course, they can go through the site, the Sports Tribe Museum site. There's a link there for our site for the actual event. Or you can always go directly to U.S., that's United States, M is in man, A-F-F, for Martial Arts Film Festival, USMAFF.com, and sign up there. We're going to be, of course, celebrating the 50th anniversary of End of the Dragon. We'll also be showing the complete Bruce Lee catalog, along with another of other fantastic films by the people that are attending, Cynthia Rothrock, Donna Dragon Wilson, Ron Van Cleef, and many, many others. It's going to be a fantastic affair and a family-oriented affair. Cool. Well, you know, I'm going to plan on being there myself, too. And I'm bringing uh, Bruce Lee's focus net that I have for the museum. 
some personal letters that he wrote Jenny Asante. And I'm going to really bring some really cool stuff that that I've got collected from. In fact, I got some really cool. It's on the treasure space here. I got a yeah, original. We've heard you. I got a original photograph. I got a original photograph of June Lee, rest in peace, and Bruce on two rocks in Hawaii, and Bruce signed the picture for Master June Lee. And Master Amazing. Gave it to me. Yes, I'm gonna bring that probably too. And uh, but thank you, Kier, for allowing us to be a part of it. Professor Gary, thank you for, for allowing us to align ourselves with the Sports Karate Museum. Well, you're welcome, sir. And I'll look forward to your booth also, which you'll be there at the Super Vendor Show October 6th and 7th in Houston, Texas. Now, no doubt. I've got one. i got, you know, i got one more. Well, i got actually two more voices, but, you know, did Debbie Chambers call in yet? Yes, sir. Okay, I got two more voices, ladies and gentlemen. One is, well, actually, both are my heroes. But, but you know, these two gentlemen are very, very important. So I'm, I'm saving, you know, these two guys for last. I want to introduce them. Wolverine, can I go ahead and introduce them? Right, you know, before I go further. Oh, sir, you're good to go, sir. Super. Okay. This first gentleman I've known since he was a orange belt in martial arts. He trained with one of my best friends who we lost last year, the great Grandmaster Fred Simon. And he is now a premier black belt and president of the largest sport karate association in Texas known as the Amateur Organization of Karate, the AOK. Now, he is not only the president, he is an open competitor. And I say that because I love this part. He has won the Golden Greek, the MVP of Texas, over five times. And someday he'll tell me exactly how many numbers. But, you know, right now I know he's done it over five times. And the reason why I love bragging about it is it took me 17 years to win one Golden Greek, but he's won over five times. An amazing fighter, an amazing instructor. And yes, even though he's from Texas, <laughs> yeah, I just, I just love this guy. And I'm talking about David Chambers. We call him D for short, but... I want to bring one. D.E. Yes, sir. How you doing, animal? I'm kind of scared today, sir. Well, don't be scared. Why are you scared for? Well, you know, I have my virtual tournament is this Saturday, and then the in-person tournament is next Saturday. I'm thinking about not showing up. No, you got to show up. That's a five-star rated event. From the uh, yes. Museum, plus the grand champion, you got the gold dragon watch, plus my son and the great Jeff Doss is doing seminars for you, and also you got the super fight. You better show up. 
because I, I guess I, I should. I guess I should. I guess I should. Now, as I was retiring, you were in your getting into your prime. But I want to talk about Ki. You Ki a lot in your career, and you also see me Ki a lot. How do you feel about Ki? Ki for me, the part I want to touch on is to mark my territory. I like I, like, I always like to fight. And I had a friend of mine, he used to bet me at one point was a nickel, later on became a quarter. And he said, I bet you can't put that person on the floor and make him sit there. And my logic was, if I hit you in the right spot, you was going to be down for a little while. And I wanted the key out just to make sure you knew it and everybody else knew it. And just in case if I got hit as well. But the, purpose, the key had so many purposes. But it was at the time I was saying, well, I'm going to use it to mark my territory because I want to throw as strong a punch as I can or as strong a slack as I could, sit the person down, and key out strong enough so there'd be no question that that technique landed. So there's many reasons, but the reason I'm looking at is just to mark the territory. That's what I'm looking at. Well, you know, I used to live to knock the wind out of people. I mean, I, I used to love it. I mean, I don't want to sound mean. That's a good feeling. But I used to love to see people drop to their knees after a punch because you time them right. I was told that was I was told that's sadistic a little, but I kind of enjoy it. Well, you see me do it a few times, but uh, but you know, Kia is a different subject, and I appreciate your opinion so much. Now, this next gentleman of the voices, he is only a personal hero. He's an American hero. He's a Marine. He worked at Black Boat Magazine when the likes of Joe Lewis and Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris walked the hall. He's been the bodyguard of many of celebrities particularly like Regal Star of the Beatles, okay? Linda Evans, the famous television actress, the famous few. But here's the best part. He was an amazing fighter. He was so good that Tracy's organization gave him a karate school on the East Coast. He was a protege of the great Joe Lewis, the greatest heavyweight fighter that we ever had. He is also the president of the BKF, the Black Karate Federation, and also the co-founder, along with Dr. Roger Chappelle, Cliff Stewart, rest in peace. They created the Black Karate Federation, which is still one of the strongest organizations that we have in America, are some of the best Fires. And first, second, third generation of fires. It's amazing how far the BKF goes back. And I'm really excited about introducing him every week to be on the show. And I can't wait for him to talk about Ki. But I said, again, when we say uncle, we mean family. I'm talking about Mr. Jerry Smith. Uncle Jerry, are you there? Yes, sir. I certainly am. 
My introduction is getting better, I hope, Uncle Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrific. Thank you. Well, I want to say something to my listeners. You know, I get to talk to my Uncle Jerry at least three or four times a week besides on the radio show. And we always talk about fighting because we're both fighters. But he was a great coach. And the one thing that got me through my career was I was very coachable. And but I, I just wish, it, you know, I'm 68 now, ladies and gentlemen, but if I had known Uncle Jerry, Jerry Smith, back when I was 30, I probably would have became a very dangerous fighter. <laughs> but, you know, I love talking to him, but I want to get his opinion on Kiai. How do you feel about Kiai, Jerry? Well, let me explain to you, sir, and I want to take this back uh, to my beginning in martial arts uh, and make it as simple as I possibly can from the way that I understood it. Uh, <clears throat> I started off in Shotokan Karate under Heidi Taka Nishiyama and, uh, and, and, and traditional uh Karate, the way you train, the, the way that they train in Japan. Well, when I went to Okinawa and got a chance to train with the masters, um, what they did is you not only did you train your mind, but you, you know, physically, mental, academic, and psychological, you also trained your body. You, tr- you worked the Makawara board to, to toughen your uh, your hand, the tip of your fingers, the ridge part of your hand, the knife hand strike or the shuto. You trained each part of your body, your elbow, you trained. And the reason for this, you know, on the way that it was explained to me by the Master Don Okinawa, was that when you fought and you, and you were going to focus all of your power into a specific point on your opponent's body, whether it was the solar plexus or the, or the uh, liver or the kidney, a chin, mastroid, nerve, you know, points, the striking points. Now, the ki, and now I know everybody here at one point went to move something, whether it was move a refrigerator or a heavy trunk, and you went to move it, and you realize, like, oh, my goodness, this is heavier than I thought it was. Then you take a deep breath, and you push, and you push out, and you move it. You might not move it forward, but you'll move it. You'll move it further than you did uh, before. Well, in martial arts, in the beginning, they trained your body, and they explained to you uh, that when you strike a specifically point, that that was a kill blow. That was a that was a blow to strike to a nerve center on your opponent to actually uh, what, what would call I could never understand in the beginning that just when the fight got when you uh, threw a punch and focused a punch and you ki they stopped the fight. Well, I'm wondering like, what? Hey, why are you stopping the fight? Well, you just killed him. <laughs> you just I killed him with, with with a with a with a focused point. You focus your point now. Now, we know that uh, breaking, breaking is a very, very uh, important part 
uh, in martial arts, especially on Okinawa. So if you can break three point three boards uh, with a reverse punch or an elbow or a hammer fist or a knife hand, that means that you can generate enough power to break a floating rib, to crush a solar plexus, to, uh, uh, you know, to knock a person unconscious. Now, in martial arts, I hear you, sir. I hear you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, back in the day, those were considered kill blows. And the ki kept you focused all that power into a single finger punch, a single punch. Those of you who watched the big fight uh, last weekend, I mean, the boxing match, where the kid was stopped with a liver punch, if you're, <laughs> if ever you get hit with one, it takes everything out of you. And that was yeah. my understanding and the way I understood uh, why Ki was, um, um, uh, was, was very important because the way that uh, uh, karate, a martial arts, was created on Okinawa, it wasn't a joke. It was to actually hurt your opponent and stop the fight. You know, that was Stop, it. man. Disable, destroy, Uncle Jerry. Stop, yes, sir. Man, I, yeah, destroy. yeah. Yes, Uncle sir. Jerry, on this show, you can also say kill. Because you're a Marine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you're yeah, a okay. by-god Marine. Yeah. Well, 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 you know what? I love it. I love it because that is what it was. It was we, we, in the beginning, when we were taught, that was supposed to be a kill blow. Exactly. Now, well, uh, hey, 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 Wolverine, Uncle Jerry, let me explain. Mako, my old sword instructor, he would call me up. He said, Gary, you can't use the word kill anymore, buddy, because that's too devastating. Use the word destroy. It's a little bit softer. So from that moment on, Wolverine and Uncle Jerry, I started saying the word destroy instead of kill. But thank you, Wolverine, for giving me permission to the word kill. Yeah, Thank see, Professor, in, in Wolverine's world, what, what you know, what we talked about on Wolverine Nation is, uh, you know, uh, stuff that's hard on people, that's what got the United States in the mess it's in now, coddling people. So we don't do that on this network. You bet. Well, well, well I got you on the line. You're doing a seminar October 6th. Well, wait, I, I don't want to interrupt. Mr. Mr. Smith was in the middle of his in, okay, in the middle of his. Sorry. I thought he was done. I'm sorry, sir. Well, uh, well. Yet. Anyway, I I I, love, I wanted to make it as simple because that's the way that I learned it, and 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 I respected that, and I understood it. It made so much sense to me. So I was really I I you know I understood that when you key out, you were focusing all of your power. You were pushing that refrigerator. You were, put, you were focusing all that power to one of your uh, uh, opponent's uh, nerve centers or points to disable him. And that is the way that I understood it, and that's the way that I still understand it. Thank you, and I'll pass this talking, the, the, the talking stick back to uh Gary, thank Professor. you. Professor. <laughs> you forgot who I am, Uncle Jerry. <laughs> but that was very wise. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Wolverine, let me, let me get you to talk to you because I want to ask you a question. You're going to be doing a haka, Uncle Jerry, on Friday. Why do you think what a haka is, Wolverine? 
Well, Ahaka was started by the New Zealanders, and then it got adopted by the Hawaiian, and it, it means fiery words, and it is just a war dance, and they would use this to uh, scare away, uh, you know, uh, ships that would be coming into the mainland to attack them, and, um, you know, and, and it would deter them because they would see these warriors, and these guys are huge, and they're they're doing this screaming and this chant, smacking themselves, and they got these you know weapons with shells and rocks and stuff, uh, you know, embedded in them, and and it would you know go get the enemies to turn away. So it's just uh, continued to go on as a sign of respect uh, from one warrior to another to you know do the haka to demonstrate their you know their their warrior spirit. Great explanation. Now, you're also doing a elite combat seminar. Tell, tell my listeners, what makes your seminar so much different than a lot well, of seminars? Well, what's different about our seminars is we teach last defense tactical combatives. Uh, so we're not going to do, you know, uh, a lot of seminars are taught on uh, martial arts and, and uh, competition, you know, type format or on katas or, you know, extreme and weapons and katas. Uh, but our seminars are designed for people to be able to defend themselves with no nonsense, with stuff that works. And, um, you know, our, our system, the last defense system, is used by the special forces of the military. Uh, so they have to be actually sent into selection to go to our program. Uh, so that's the, you know, the Green Berets, the Marine Marsoc now, as they call it. Um, the Navy SEAL, SEAL 6, all those guys uh, eventually come through our program, especially if they're working together, any team guys that will be working together. So our program's a non, uh, no-nonsense uh, program that is direct and to the point uh, because, you know, in a real fight, you just don't have time to do a lot of stuff. However, when you, you, know, you train in the martial arts and you learn a lot of techniques, that's good because you have a lot of tools in the kit. But when it comes to a fight, you need to be able to jerk out the exact tool you need and and neutralize that threat instantly, uh, especially in today's world because uh, most of the time there's more than one attacker. And funny story is, uh, you know, Patrick Kelly has been with me now. Uh, you know, uh, we were Marines together, and he's he's been with me now for uh, two months here training. And it, he ended up in a situation, and he's been working uh, – last defense tactical knife techniques and he ended up having to pull his knife on a guy just the other night and the police got involved and the guy had a machete uh which i i took the machete um you know from the guy but patrick had to get this guy to stand down because he was going after patrick and you know he uh executed his technique and got the guy to back off so it could have been become a very deadly situation for the other guy because he had no idea that, you know, Patrick looked vulnerable in his wheelchair and he had no idea that he was going to get that that quick because he couldn't see it. And it, it shocked him uh, immensely and backed him off quick, you know. So it was a good thing to see well, his technique work. Well, you know, I talked to Uncle Paris, you know, I think it was this morning or yesterday. He was so excited to be around you for as long as he has. And, oh, yeah. He's know, going home for two weeks and then coming right back. So, I know. He's excited. He's he's like a little kid on Christmas morning being around you, Wolverine. He thinks you're the poop, buddy. Now, with that said, I'm going to go get Brad because Eddie 
This is Jerry. I would like to just add one little thing. You go right ahead, Mr. Smith. Okay, now remember, uh, Black Belt, once you get a Black Belt, uh, the police department considers that you are a weapon, that that, that you are a weapon, that you you might get in a fight and they go, okay, well, they evil. No, you you have a Black Belt. This guy doesn't have a Black Belt. Even though he attacked you, you had you like with a weapon. So you have to be very, very careful once you do have a black belt and you have to make sure that you – and all and that stuff about reporting to the police that you're black, you don't have to do that. But uh, well, if, they, if also, someone Jerry, finds out and says it. Memory. Help me with a little memory. I, I heard when I first came here to the mainland that a lot of servicemen uh-huh. itself will get in a fight like in a bar or something. And wipe oh, the yeah. bar out, and and then when he got arrested or went to the, to the police department, they would say they're black belt. Well, the police back in the early '60s had no mm-hmm. idea what karate was, so they would put <laughs> the man's name down and put him down as like a weapon. So if you ever got in a fight mm-hmm. again, they would know that this guy was a badass. <laughs> Is that yeah. true? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and thank God, though, in Florida, while you get Cousin Eddie, I'll just say this. Thank God that, that, uh, you know, Patrick and I are in Florida because here it's a stand-your-ground state. So even if uh, you have a black belt, it doesn't matter if you you have nowhere to retreat to, (laughs) in which Patrick, you you know, being in a wheelchair, he can't really retreat. He can't really roll away very fast, Um, you know, then he gets to stand his ground, plus, you know, uh, his age, too. But you know the yeah. oh, man. You there, yeah. buddy? Yes, there. cousin Eddie. I'm right here, cousin there Eddie. How you Eddie, doing, buddy? How you doing? Doing great, cousin How Eddie. How you doing? Yeah, I'm well, doing great. Yeah, I know. I see you, Ki a lot. Yes. Well, you know, uh, I ki in my katas to you know on power strikes and stuff to demonstrate that, and 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 also to get the the attention of the. Uh, of the crowd and, you know, to get them fired up and to let them know that there's some serious, you know, business going on. And that's what a lot of people do when they're performing is use those kiipes uh, to get attention and, you know, to, you know, put more emphasis on one technique or, or, a, or a flashy technique or something. If they're doing a demonstration, everybody, all the panels already talked about, you know, harnessing their chi and uh, their energy to release it for strikes, you know, but another thing, that I'll add to it is, uh, you know, because we do a lot, like I say, of the tactical combatives. So the war cry and being Cherokee Indian, that war cry, it, it unnerves your opponent and, you know, it, it strikes fear at them. Plus, one, they may think you're crazy, but, you know, it also breaks fear. That's why people don't realize that it releases endorphins. It break, breaks fear. That's why when people have a nightmare or night terrors, as they call it now, um, you know, a lot of times people will wake up, you know, screaming. And the reason why they're waking up screaming is because that scream breaks fear. And that's why we do a haunted house every year. When people go through the haunted house, they see something scary, they scream, and then, you know, then they're okay. But because it, it, it breaks that fear and helps to, you know, get them calmed down because it releases those endorphins, um, you know, that you have to use. 
So, you know, kelping well, in martial arts is, is great. I, yeah, love ahead, I love it. I love the screaming Wolverine. I love to hear oh, yeah. you scream. Oh, yeah. I love, I, you know, I love to scream too, but, uh, yeah, I like to, you know, I yell and holler at my soldiers and at my students and uh, things like that. But, Cousin Eddie, that was kind of creepy the way you said that. That was that was, that was pretty. Well, yeah, I've I, I, I watched you perform before. You're fun to watch. You oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. I don't mean to yeah, be well... creepy. I'm just a big fan. <laughs> I'm, a big I'm just fan. messing with you, Cousin Eddie. Yeah, well, you know, my instructor's Professor Gary Lee, and he's all about kiyiping and, uh, you know, wanting he's you to crazy. yell and get the he's attention. Yeah, he's he's crazy, too. He's a crazy yeah, Hawaiian rock, yeah. 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 Okay, I'll see you next week. I'm going to go back and play some pool. I'll see you next week, okay? But roger that, Cousin Eddie. You keep screaming. Bye-bye, Wolverine. Yeah, see you later, Cousin Eddie. Well, ladies and gentlemen, he's that was Cousin crazy, Eddie. Wolverine. He's crazy. Oh, I he's know it. Back there playing pool against somebody winning. He's crazy, man. But he loves. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, yeah. He, he watched him perform on YouTube or something. He can't. He's watched you like a hundred times since last week. <laughs> he's well, that's awesome. That, well, that's you awesome. know, tonight's been a fun show. I'll bring Dillman back if I can. We'll break out the time. Yep. Yep. You got. You got just a few minutes left. Yep. Okay, Dillman, are you there, buddy? Yes, sir. What a great show. Now, I'm going to give you the name, and you get to talk about it for two minutes, okay? And don't be shy. You ready? Yes, sir. Okay, the first one, your dad, Charlie Vargas. Tell me about him. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Um, probably my most memorable of my father, um, he has never met a martial arts practice of mine in my entire life he has been to every class you know of of course he's going to know more and 10 times more than i do so i credit probably my father the most of training me and motivating me and pushing me to the limits that i never thought i could that proper motivation that i i would say that this world needs now that i was pushed back then and I really am blessed that he did that for me. Um, my father is a hardworking man in Gallup. He's a well-known man uh, for his reputation, for the respect that he has for others. He puts others before himself. He treats others the way, you know, that he would want to be treated. Um, when it comes to his work, he's a, he's a sewer man. So, you know, <laughs> he's a filthy man, if you, if you would put it that way. Um, but uh, he works very hard for the community. He puts them first. He... Um, He's trained in the martial arts as well, alongside me under Sensei Fleeman as well too, and he's got his his um, rank as well. And we our bond is like on a, uh, no other. I should honestly say. Tell me about your mom, Dylan. Give me two yes, minutes sir. about your mom. Yes, sir. My mom has been there with my martial arts career uh, just as much as my dad has. Uh, as many classes that she was able to watch me with uh, from day one. She uh she was my I should say she's the one that made me the strongest I could be and pushed me when it came to like the academics and pushed me uh, when it came to actually critiquing. What was cool about my mom is that she when I would practice and I would train 
you know, I would be almost intimidated and scared to train in front of her in a good way because of the amount of information that she knew just from the years of watching her. And she was just so, and she is, she's so um, nitpicky. I like that uh, of my own self trying to make me better and better and better. And she's a part of my own academy here where she sees these kids and she just trying to be make them the exact same way. And she's well, I very, can't wait to honor her. I, I can't wait to honor her and all the ladies October 7th when we honor Carrie Eden Herman. And I can't wait to see you, Dylan. And I, I'm really excited about meeting your parents. And thank you for being on the show tonight on the Wolverine Nation. And you take care, young man. I'm going to give the talking thank stick you, back over to the Wolverine. Wolverine, here you yes, go, Yes, sir. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was a great show. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Um, I had a lot of good information and good hearing from the guest. And the voices, as always, come through on this show, Professor. They always do a great job uh, with this panel of uh, knowledgeable experts you've put together. It, it, it's been great. And then having Cousin Eddie on here, that's great, too. And we can break him loose from the, the pool games and stuff. But... Sir, you've done an outstanding job, so I'm going to hand the talking stick back over to you, and I'll just uh, finalize it by saying, Osta Shinoe, Donatahe. Back to you, Professor. Well, Wolverine, thank you so much for allowing this Fort Carter Museum to be a part of the Wolverine Nation, the Voices, the U.S. Film Festival, Set VR, and our special guest. And remember, to find out where all the talk is about, go to www.sportkaratemuseumarchives.com and you can see some of the incredible things that the Sport Karate Museum is involved with and some of the incredible things that Professor Tom Stillman told you about tonight. So with that said, I'd like to give the talking stick back over to our host, the incredible Wolverine. Wolverine? Yes, sir. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our show. We appreciate you coming in and listening to us. And, Professor, you can tell them goodbye in Hawaiian. Ki-yai. I love it. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. And mahalo. Much aloha. Good night, everybody. What's up? Good night. Good night, Spartans, what is your profession? Welcome to Wolverine Nation. I say what I mean, I mean what I say, and I say what needs to be said. Global leader in military combatives. 45 martial arts world titles. Renowned actor, writer, and a malicious warrior with brutally honest opinions. This may step on some people's toes. If it does, then you're a special kind of stupid. (laughs) This is America's Sheepdog. Kicking it with the Wolverine.